0: Hello, and welcome to episode 66 of Your New Puppies podcast. I'm Debbie, and today we're going to talk about how to stop your dog from barking. And you may have noticed that this is part one of a two-part series, because barking is actually a really complicated topic, because how you address barking, how you change their habit, has very much to do with why they're barking. And dogs bark for a lot of different reasons. And this behavior, usually it doesn't show up until later in puppyhood, adolescence to adulthood. When they start reaching their maturity, you might notice that like a 12-week-old puppy or maybe a little older starts to find their voice, and so they just start making all weird noises. And then as they get older, then that barking instinct, which that's what it is, it's an instinct. That's why it's so common and so hard for us to break this behavior. Um, That's when it starts to set in. So to start, there are three types of barking that I'm not going to talk about. And that's just because I have episodes that already address them. So that's gonna be a puppy barking in a crate when you're trying to crate train them, a puppy or a dog, barking because of separation anxiety, and barking while on a leash, which is also known as leash reactivity. I will link to the episodes that talk about those behaviors, in some cases it's more than one episode, in the show notes For this episode. So that's going to be playtimepause.com forward slash episode 66. So if you're looking for that type of barking, then you can go find the episodes, which episodes those are, and I link right to them. But there are two types of barking that I am going to talk about. Now within these two types, there's a lot of examples and a lot of different ways to handle them. But in general, there's two categories. So the first one is going to be demand barking, also known as prompting Essentially, they're barking at you to get something. Most of the time, it's our attention. Another common one is if they're barking at you for food, to play, to try to get you to do something or to do something faster. And that's the type that I'm gonna go into detail in this episode in part one. In part two is where I'm going to talk about alert barking. This is the biggest category and we're figuring out why is not only really important, but hard. This type of barking is where, you know, they're barking at some trigger. Maybe they're barking out the window at something. Maybe they're barking at the doorbell or noises that they hear in your apartment. So there's some other trigger. They're not barking at you. They're barking at something else. I'm also going to go into a special case of this category, which is when they bark at new people or even like at any time there's a new object in their environment, because that has a special way we want to handle it. And sometimes it's hard for us to recognize that's what's going on. So in this episode, part one, I'm going to talk about demand barking. And in episode two, I'm going to talk about alert barking, including that special circumstance. Okay, there's also two techniques that I don't use. And I get asked about them all the time. So I thought it would be important for me to address this also. And that is actually where I'm going to start. So let's go. Now, the two techniques I don't use are barking collars and the quiet command. Now, with the quiet command, I used to use it. But I've found that it's just it's not as practical as you think or as I used to think because, you know, it takes Perfect timing for them to understand it. And a lot of times you have to wait for them to be quiet to use the quiet command. You you know, it's called capturing the behavior. So you're allowing your dog to bark, 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 which feels really good to them, which is why these habits start in the first place, to then try to teach them quiet. So you're almost teaching them to bark to then teach them to be quiet, which OK, but not my favorite. And also if they are barking at you for something and you tell them quiet. Well, you probably just gave them the attention that they were looking for. So it's counterproductive. So I'm not saying it doesn't work or don't use it. It's just not my go-to anymore because I found it just it doesn't work as well. The results aren't as strong as some other techniques that I use. You know, plus, you know, if we're just telling our dog quiet, well, what's to stop them from barking in five minutes at the same thing? You know, what we need to do is ask them to stop barking and then give them an alternative or change their association to it. All the different techniques that I am going to talk about throughout this. So we we have to do that anyway. At the end of the day, it's just an extra step of teaching them this command. Now, the barking collar is actually a similar reason. You know, anything from, you know, the puff of smoke or puff of air, you know, I think they have like citronella ones, all the way to like an e-collar. I don't use any of them because... Again, all we're doing is stopping the barking when we're not stopping the reason. And that can actually cause more stress in a dog and cause worse behaviors from happening. So, you know, a dog who barks at noises, okay, they're no longer allowed to bark because they get a puff of smoke in their face every time they do. Well, that energy is still there. Especially if it's from stress or even fear. So instead, they're going to destroy the couch. That's where that energy is going to come out from. And especially if it's fear-based. And I don't mean like tuck the tail, squeal and whine. I just mean new people make your dog nervous. New things make your dog nervous. You know, and and it's that just little bit of nervousness or insecurity. If we just stop their warning system and... Their, their ability to be like, I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this. Then they're going to go to their next warning system, which is snapping, growling, you know, it, aggression, essentially. So again, it's we need to address why they are barking so they never feel like they need to bark in the first place. And they understand because the barking collar seems like it's an, it's the easy button. They'll just stop barking, and it's an annoying behavior, and I just want this behavior to stop, but it's not an easy button. It's easy right now, but we're making it worse in the long run button. Okay, so let's talk about what I do use. So as promised, I'm going to start with demand barking. This one is the simplest to address. It's usually the easiest one to both identify and address because we are gonna not let their barking work for them because they're barking at us to get us to do something, we ignore it because if we ignore it, it's no longer working for them. So what does this look like? I think it's best for me to just give you a bunch of examples of what the behavior is and how to handle it. And these are some common ones and then you you can understand better how to handle your situation. So super simple They are barking at you for your attention. Let's say you're sitting on the couch trying to watch TV. You're trying to relax and they just start barking at you. You ignore them. A hundred percent. In fact, what I like to do is I get up and walk out of the room. I don't say, shush, stop, go lay down. That's all attention. So I just simply get up, walk out of the room. Wait a couple minutes. Maybe it's... More like 30 seconds or so, come back in the room and sit down. Still not paying attention to him. If he starts barking again, get up, walk out of the room. Now, this is a little annoying, especially if you're trying to sit down and watch TV. But this very quickly works because the point is, is when you come back in, sit down, if they stop barking at you, you can pay attention to them. You can then be like, all right, you know, actually go out of your way to be like, all right, they're not barking. Call them over and pay attention to them because you can pay attention to your dog as much as you want, just not when they're barking at them. Also, like we grab a toy and just start playing tug with them to get them to stop barking where, yes, we did get them to stop barking, but now we've just encouraged them to bark at us tomorrow. So we have to be really careful with that. Another really common time is when we're preparing their dinner or maybe we have treats or we're going into the treat cabinet. They start barking at us, whether it's to hurry up, it's whether because they're too excited, it's demand barking. It's like, let's go human, I want my food. So say you're preparing their dinner and they start barking. I push the bowl all the way to the back of the counter, walk out of the room. Maybe walk in a little circle, come back. Start again as long as they've stopped barking. If they start barking again, push it all the way back to the counter, leave the room. Maybe you don't have to leave the room, but you have to obviously stop preparing their dinner. You are not paying any attention to them at this point. You are not giving them any kind of energy, any kind of attention, nothing. They do not exist. It might mean this takes 20 to 30 minutes to prepare their dinner for the next few nights. That's okay, because eventually they're going to learn, when I bark, she stops. When I don't bark, they keep preparing my dinner. And that's what we want them to start to associate. And that's it. Like their consequence is that they lose whatever they were trying to get. We don't have to yell at them. We don't have to say no because that's giving them attention. They just lose the exact thing that they wanted. And they get the exact thing they wanted when they stop barking or when they're not barking. See, that is a key here. You know, the flip side of this is, you know, if you know that your dog gets a little restless at the end of the day and starts barking at you if you're watching television, well, try to preempt that. You know, because what happens is we're sitting there, we're watching TV, we're not doing anything, maybe we're even working, and our dog is asleep or, you know, chilling out on their bed or with one of their toys, we don't notice them because they're being good. They're not saying anything. We don't hear them. We don't want to mess with that. We don't even think about it until they bark. And then all of a sudden we're paying attention to them. So in our eyes, it's like, oh, you were being so good and now you're not. So I have to do something about it. But in their eyes, it was like, well, I'm bored. I know. I'll bark at my human. They always pay attention to me. So when you notice them being good, tell them they're being good. That's when you grab the toy and you start playing with them. That's when you just give them a good, hey, hey, good boy, hey, good girl, maybe even toss them a treat or something. One last technique that I want to go over is desensitizing. So an example for this would be, you know, if your dog starts barking when you pick up their leash or you go through the motions of taking them for a walk. So maybe it's even putting your coat on. Whatever it is, they know it's happening, so they start barking. What you're going to do is even times that you have no intention on taking them for a walk, you're going to go and pick up their leash and just put it down and walk away. Pick up their leash and put it down and walk away. You do that like 10, 20, 30 times a day when you're not taking them for a walk to desensitize them to you picking up that leash. Because then picking up your their leash doesn't mean anything to them. If it's when you start to put your coat on, you pick up your coat, you put it back down 20 times a day without doing anything, without going anywhere. You know, if they start barking, you ignore them and you just walk back and you go about your day. And once you're away from your coat, they're probably going to stop barking. And then maybe you're putting one arm into your jacket, taking it off, putting it back down. You're doing that 20 times a day. So these actions no longer mean anything. They don't get them all revved up and excited because the only time you pick up the leash and put your jacket on is when they're going for a walk and they're super excited about it. We'll also talk about this technique in part two when we talk about alert barking, but it can also be very useful here if it's certain actions that you do that are triggering, they're triggering, excuse me, triggering their barking at you. So episode 67 is going to be or is part two, depending on when you're listening to this one. If you're listening to real time, you should see it within the next two weeks. Um, if you are listening to this in the future, then it should be out now and you can jump right to episode 67 where we're going to do- go into detail about alert barking. And we're going to talk about redirecting, interrupting this desensitization, managing all of that. Okay, and we're going to jump right into it, none of this introduction stuff that I went through in this one. So for now, I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you are enjoying it, you can rate and review it, and it helps other dog owners find the podcast. If you would like to continue working with me, you can check out my website, playtimepause.com, where you can find information on my in-person and virtual training sessions, including my new puppy course, which is a four-week online puppy course where you get access to me for at least 12 months to ask all of your training questions. You can find information on that at playtimepause.com forward slash puppy. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be speaking with you soon. Bye for now.